Hey guys, welcome to The Hollywood Guide, a podcast designed to provide insight about the inner workings of the TV and film industry in Los Angeles. Each episode, we talk to someone currently working and living in LA and find out everything you need to know to navigate the entertainment capital of the world. If you're an amateur writer, actor, director, or producer, then this is definitely the show for you. My name is Courtney Jonathus, and I'm your host. I'm a grad student studying mass communication, and I actually spent this past summer working in LA, so most of my guests will be people I connected with while there. Shout out to everyone listening via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else. Thank you for tuning in. Today's special guest is my friend Dalton Ibarra, who recently moved to LA. I actually met Dalton while working on the set of a short film called Baby Splitters, And we were both production assistants on this film, and I was kind of a floater filling in for another PA for one day. It was only my second time working as a PA on a professional set, so I was a little scared. So I'm actually really grateful to Dalton because he kind of took me under his wing and made sure I didn't get yelled at and stuff. So thanks for helping me out, Dalton, and uh, thanks for being on the show today. No problem. That was incredible. What an intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, so how's your morning been so far, Dalton? I know it's kind of early there on the West Coast. Last night, the Sox played 18 innings, uh, and it went to like two in the morning. So, <laughs> um, I'm a little, I'm a little banged up, but I'm, I'm good to go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I did see that the game was running really long, but I, I went to bed just because, you know, I don't have a horse in the race. I'm a Marlins fan. So, okay, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about your background, like what kind of work you're doing now, what um, your career goal is, where you went to school, things like that. Yeah. So I started, um, at first I, I, I didn't, I didn't think to pursue filmmaking. I didn't, I didn't even consider that as a career. Like, it's not like I, I thought, oh, I could go film make, or I could go make films, and then thought, ah, oh, no, it's impossible, never mind, and got discouraged about it. I, did, I just genuinely didn't even think it was a career. It didn't even cross my mind. So my mind was really on like on business, and I was going to go to business school. And then my mom made me realize, what are you doing? You love making films. You love making little things. You used to do that when you were young. You wanted to be Chris Rock when you were when you were six. You want to be in entertainment. So what are you doing? And and that hit me, and I and I started to really think about. Wait a minute, like directing is that's a thing like that. You can if you want to do it, you can go after it. And so I, it shifted my whole perspective. And so I, I I started I started going after it. Um, I tried to go. I tried to attend the University of Texas, um, but my GPA wasn't up to par at the time. And, and I got my rejection letter, and that, that really shifted um, my work ethic because that really pissed me off. But instead of, you know, blaming U, uh, UNT for not giving me a shot, I, I took full responsibility and realized I needed to get my shit together. Right. And uh, from that point on, I didn't get anything um, but A's and top scores from there on. Um, and that's not to say, like, you got to make good grades to get anywhere in life. It's just I always I – was, saw that as like um, a lesson of discipline and, and focus um, to obtain a goal. I never did get to U- U- uh, UT, but um, I ended up going to the University of North Texas. They have they have a growing uh, film program there, and uh, that's where I kind of got my start. 
it's interesting that you say that your mom is the one who steered you toward, you know, being a director and being in the entertainment industry, because lots of parents want their kids to uh, pursue a career that's a little bit more solid. So uh, kudos to your mom for recognizing what your passion is and pushing you <laughs> in that direction. I, absolutely. I'll always forever give her credit for that. Um, <laughs> she she made me realize like that's really where my passion lies. And I, I couldn't believe I was so blind beforehand. So once you were done with school, how long did it take you to move to L.A.? And what did you do to prepare to, to go over there? Um, so actually, I actually have uh, my biological father works out here as a as the first AD on a lot of big shows. He worked on House um, and and a couple other stuff, a couple other things. Um, so I, I've been in contact with him. I, I never met him, but I, I I decided to just swallow my pride and reach out to him and see what he advised. And he advised to save save money. Oh, first off, I didn't have a car. So he said, "You got to get a car." You gotta get a car. Save up because you need to be able to survive at least six months out here with no work. Try that. Save up, be able to survive six months, and within that six months, that's your goal. You gotta be able to find something within that time frame. And so I said, "Fuck." <laughs> that means I'm not coming out there for a while, <laughs> which was a hard reality because I was I was ready to go. I was tired of school. School is a prison. School is like I'm ready to get get out. I'm ready to move on. Ready for some new scenery. So. I found I found a job um, as a videographer editor, which was uh, a benefit to better hone my skills and, and continue to you know practice while being in Houston for another year. Uh, I was there for another year, and it felt like five. <laughs> I saved up. Um, I, I I remember when I met my milestone of 10k. I never had that much money in my bank account, but you know you know my friends are wanting to go out and eat and, and go do stuff. Um, but I just kept putting my paychecks away, kept putting my paychecks away. Finally got my new car, my first car, not a new car. Finally got my first car, saved up about like a safe 17K, um, just to be safe. Finished out the year and then, um, uh, I, I made my move out here. Now I want to say like, this isn't every, this doesn't have to, everybody has their own journey. This is not a guide on how to, it works. That's kind of the beauty of this whole thing. It's like nobody knows really what to do. You just got to test the waters. So this was this is sort this is my journey. I'm not saying you know this is what you got to do. Some people come out here with no money. You know, people have different connections. Yada yada. Um, speaking of connections, that do, that connection that I had with my biological father um, through through contact, I realized I started to realize he was he was a uh, pretty manipulative. And so I wanted to make it on my own. I had already saved up enough, yada, yada. I went through school all on my own. So I wanted to make it on my own. So I fully burned that bridge. And that's another thing I want to tell you, too, is just because you have a connection, you might have a connection, and that might be your only way. You might think that's your only way. It's not. If you have persistence and a dream and a goal, you don't have to, you don't have to bend to someone else's you know, expectations or, or their requests, you know, you, you don't have to stick to that. So I burned the biggest bridge. I burned guarantee work. As oh, soon wow. as I got here, got out here, he could have got me on a show, like a full paid show. As soon as I got here, I wouldn't have to wait for nothing. But I said, fuck that. I'm not 
bending to this guy's rules. I don't respect him. He doesn't respect me. I'm not. I'm not sticking with that. I'm gonna find my own way. If it weren't, if if he hadn't exist, would I would I not pursue it? No. I'm. I would. I would have still figured it out. So therefore, I'm like, you know what? It's not up to him. You know, uh, my destiny isn't in his hands. It's in my own. So I'm. I burned my biggest bridge, and I came out here, and and. Uh, We'll get to what happened later. <laughs> wow, that's pretty... I don't leave any room for questions. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, you're I'm fine. Um, that's pretty bold of you to do that. Um, there are a lot of people that, that wouldn't, you know, go out of their way to um, burn, you know, their biggest connection, their biggest bridge. But uh, kudos to you for, you know, taking a stand and doing that and doing what's best for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn. I just wanted to find my own way and and be able to credit myself with like I made it. You know what I mean? Right. I figured it out on my own. I didn't need some some help in hand. Yeah. And so when you were preparing to make the move there, what what did you do to find housing? Like how did how did you find a place to live? All right. So um, I did. I had two friends who had moved from Houston. Now that's a thing. You might want to. If, if you're looking to move out here, I'm sure a lot of people move out here that are not from, you know, that, that are from your hometown or whatever, or, or your friends. Reach out to them, rekindle that. It might be awkward, but you got to do what you got to do. And that's the thing that you'll learn quick out here is that it's, it's all hustle. Here in New York, wherever you got to go, it's all hustle. So you got to figure it out. I don't mean use them. I mean, don't be afraid to just ask. Doesn't hurt to ask. So I, I reached out to uh, two two friends out here that I know, and I basically just asked if I could crash at their place for a little bit until I found an apartment. Luckily, within my journey, my friend um, said, yeah, no problem, you can sleep on my floor for as long as you need to. I moved out in the summer of June, and he said, I'm, I'm moving out uh, in September. So you have until that time to find a place, an apartment, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you can stay as long as you need to, which is great. So that's, that's sort of where I started. And, um, where did you go like soon afterward? Like, were you able to, to find your own apartment? Like, how did that go? So from his apartment, I didn't, I wasn't really looking for apartments at that time. I thought I would be, I needed, I wanted my own space, but I wanted to take advantage of what he, the gift he was providing me, you know, free living, no rent. I could, I didn't have to dip into my savings at all. So what I would do is I would, I would, um, I would apply daily on Indeed, on anything really to, to come across any sort of videography editing gig the same way I had in Houston to kind of continue to hone my skills so that I wouldn't like, you know, ring it up groceries and, and kind of losing that strength of, you know, my editing eye or videography and stuff like that, right. you know, cinematography, all that. I heard back from one person out of like 80 and um, he didn't really go from there. And I realized that if I wanted to get on set on any capacity, you really have to know somebody. It's really tough. You can't just apply online for the most part from yep. what, from my experience. You can't really just apply. you got to know somebody. And that's the tough part. So I, re- I thought, damn, I'm screwed here because uh, I don't really know anybody here. How long did it take you to find a job uh, when you were, you know, finally out there and you were on your friend's couch? Like, did it take you like six months, eight months? Um, And when I say a job, I mean like a job on set working your way toward, you know, where you want to go. Sure, sure. So 
like I said, every day I would go apply, apply, and I would look. I would look on Warner Brothers, Sony, Paramount. I would look on any of their websites looking for an internship, anything, anything to just get me in. And I soon realized that most of their programs were for students. So something I would advise is, and something I did not do because I was lazy and I just didn't figure it out. Or I didn't. I didn't realize that how how um, useful your career advisor advisors are at school is, is that they're very helpful. They're very resourceful. They know they have a lot of connections. Right. So dip into them. They're basically a library of connections. They can be. Um, and a lot of the programs go through colleges. So if you're in school right now, take advantage, take advantage, take advantage, try to figure that out because a lot of the programs are through school and you can literally only get in through your program. So take advantage get started quick and and things happen fast um but back to your question about um how i got started how long it took so it's funny when you're out here and you have nothing to do and you wake up and you just hear the sounds of the city people <laughs> rumbling around their days getting started but you're still in your pajamas right um it feels like months it took me two weeks it took me only two weeks in retrospect it only took me two i mean Two weeks felt like two, like two weeks felt like a year, but, um, obviously two weeks is not long at all. Most people take, it takes six months, eight months, a year, whatever to get, you know, to get a real job. They got to start at a grocery store or whatnot, and then it takes them a while to get something. Well, I exhausted every, every resource, and this is something that I would advise. Exhaust every resource. I have a friend of mine who's, Who's kind of like worried to uh, nudge uh, a uh, a resource they might have in New York? Um, they just don't want to like seem needy, yada yada. And I'm like, and I advise, I tell them, dude, go after it. You have to go after it. In this industry, for the most part, it's not it's not just straightforward. It's not just you know you work here, you move your way up. In certain aspects, it is, but for the most part, it's all about there's all these pieces. And you really got to move them. And when I say move them is you just have to infiltrate. You have to ask a question. Ask a simple question. Hey, blah, 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 do you know about this? Yada, yada, you never know. And that moves the pieces because you ask one person a question or you inquire about something, boom, they know your name. Boom, they know you exist. Boom, somebody else asks them, hey, I'm looking for a PA, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this random person just asked me. Uh, they're looking for work. There, you move the pieces, and now you're in. And so that's what I did. I moved the pieces. I started asking every and any resource, like people that have no, like aren't involved in this industry at all. I'd, I'd ask, I'd ask, do you have a sibling out here? Do you have any? Do you know anybody out here that works in this industry? And I'd get no's. I'd get yeses. I'd get. There's an old friend of mine I hadn't talked to in years. He has a family member, an editor out here. He's like, yeah, I can get you in touch. I was like, whoa, bam, see, there you go. You never know. you got to ask around. He's like, I can get you in touch with him. I had to keep pressing him for it. I finally got the number. <laughs> um, and I reached out to the guy. And that's, that's, not, that's not what um, ended up getting me to the set, though. Um, what got me to the set is I, I had been out of college for, I think, a year or so or two. Yeah, about a year and a half. And uh, I reached out to three old professors, three old professors I had decent relationships with, 
uh, but I use their student emails. Now, this is a shot in the dark because I don't know if there's, one, if they're still working there, two, if they're even checking their email in the summer. Right. So after I reached out to these three professors, nobody got back to me. I reached out to a lot of people, and a lot of people got back to me. Uh, I felt like nothing was going to happen. And then one night, the guy I was living with was like, hey, do you mind staying at your other friends tonight? Um, I kind of would like the place to myself. Uh, and this was around 8 o'clock at night, and I wasn't about to ask my other friend, hey, can I come crash at your place and wake him up possibly or you know, disrupt his evening? So I just said, yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I'll, I'll be out of here. He's like, you sure I got a place to go? I was like, yeah, it's not a problem. I ended up sleeping in my car that night um, just out of respect to him and his place. I didn't want to, you know, I already felt like I was intruding. So I slept in my car that night, and it was, it was a pretty low point because, uh, like I said, when you're out here by yourself and nothing's really moving, even though you're trying to move the pieces, um, it's really uh, uh, discouraging. So I got no sleep that night. I woke up uh, bright and early and started working on my website, started applying again. And uh, by mid-noon, I was, I was exhausted. So I went back to the place, and I just passed out. I just passed out, and uh, I was listening to a podcast at the time, and the podcast woke me up. It woke me up, and I looked at my phone. I was like, what is that? And it was the podcast that woke me up. But I saw an email on my phone. And thankfully, I woke up because I saw that email that said, hey, Dalton, this was one of my professors. Hey, Dalton, I got somebody working on a feature that's looking for a PA. If you're available, get ready for a phone call. Right there, I oh, get wow. the phone call. That's a good thing I woke up. Because I might have missed that phone call, <laughs> missed my opportunity, and or I wouldn't have been able to hit the ground running. Because as soon as I answered that phone, I was straight yeses. I was straight, I'm in. She had said, uh, the lady was was saying, you know, it's not for certain, but uh, if you're interested, we got a, we got a spot for you. One of your professors uh, is an old mutual friend of mine. I had posted on Facebook. He saw it. He reached out to me because you had emailed him. And said, "Hey, I got a, I got a guy looking for work. Give him a shot." And so that next morning at seven o'clock in the morning, I was there on set. That's awesome. And so since that time, have you just been sort of uh, being a production assistant on various films up until now? Okay, so that yeah, that started in in June, and it went to mid July, and and from there I, I busted my ass so hard, not literally. <laughs> but I worked really hard there, and uh, and and I got the I got the recognition from all of the crew members who were were pushing for me to get paid because they was so this was unpaid. Okay. And I was happy to do it. And um, they got in touch with the director, and they were like they were pushing for him, and they were like, "Hey, uh, you should hire him on the show that you work on." And so because um, the director works on a show. Um, and so he's like, you should hire him as your as your office PA when this wraps. And uh, I sealed the deal by the end of the 21-day shoot. So it ultimately ended up being a 21-day internship. Do you feel like um, right now you have like a good network, you have good connections that you can really utilize to um, move up to where you want to be? Like, Do you feel like you're making great progress toward your career goal? Um, you know, it, it's it's tricky. It's like you never know. You never know what's happening some days i'll feel like i'm progressing some days i feel like i'm going nowhere but then i gotta snap out of it and realize that um you know just just a 
a few months ago, I was, you know, on a floor, um, going to this, this big cruise ship for Wi-Fi, applying to jobs. And, and now I'm, you know, watching people edit a, a show that's on network television. It's, it's insane. So like I am growing my connections and, um, um, like I said, that's just from moving the pieces and, and really get and maintaining relationships and getting in touch. And, and you'll hear, you hear this a lot, but you probably brush it off. Apply yourself. Apply yourself is like such a broad statement. It's like, yeah, okay, apply yourself. It's like, you know, ask a few questions, yada, yada. But no, like, no, you really, if you really give a shit, if you really, really want to do this, you're going to figure it out. This is, this is a self-reflective part. But if you don't, if you don't get things, if you're not getting stuff that you're like really want after, you didn't really want it. You just that's my that's my take. I like you really didn't want it in the first place. If you if you are hungry, literally and figuratively, which I was, I was gunning for any and everybody to give me a shot. And so you really have to apply yourself. Your connections are only what you make them. Just because you know somebody, that don't that doesn't necessarily make them a connection, right? You have to reach out to them and kind of like reinitiate a relationship, right? You know. So even with the people I meet here, just because like they know my name, that's not necessarily a uh, a connection. They gotta you gotta build a relationship, yada yada. You gotta really apply yourself. You really have to dive into it and, and um, show them that you give a shit because people don't care. They're, you know. In this industry, everybody's out for themselves, and that's okay. That's like that's the part of the hustle. It's like you got to really figure it out for yourself, and that's not like a selfish thing. It's like you just got to make the best moves for yourself. So everybody's doing that. So you have to apply yourself and make people aware that you're available, that you care, that you're you're ready to go to work and, and make something happen. You can't get complacent because um, you'll get stuck. You'll get stuck real quick. Just because, and I, sometimes I'll find myself getting stuck. I have a nice, I have a nice gig right now, and I'm feeling myself getting complacent. But I gotta, I, I have to remind myself to continue to work. Yeah, and I'm still figuring out how to move forward in, uh, in the career that I want to go towards, which is directing, because I'm in post production right now. I'm learning a ton of, I'm learning a, a ton of stuff. It's great. This is a great start for me. That's awesome. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily have advice on how to, uh, you know, get in. To, to your dream job. I'm still figuring that out myself. Okay. And what would you say has been the most surprising thing about LA so far, both socially in terms of um, how people interact as well as professionally? Sure. Um, professionally, this is the thing. Professionally, most people that everybody that I've run into are great. They're nice. They're helpful. They are helpful if you apply yourself. You know, if you continue to come around and, you know, show that you care. So they will help you. That's a thing is if you do go after something and, and you start asking questions, people are going to notice and they're going to they're going to they're going to help you out. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. People are helping me um, realize different different paths. They're, they told me if you want to get in directing, you got to get on set. You can't stay in this post-production place. It's great. Uh, if you want to move up as a post-production supervisor, if you want to be an editor, yada, yada. But if you want to be a director, you have to be on set. So that's great advice. And that's only through asking questions and continuing to push towards what I want. So in, in that sense, they're helpful. I, I don't feel like I, I'm credible enough or I have I don't feel like I have enough credibility yet uh, to speak on the city. 
Out mm-hmm. of respect for the actual, you know, residents and and people who have lived here their whole lives, I've only been here a few months, so I don't feel like I can really accurately speak on on it. But right. from my experience so far, and what you might experience as well, is just how inconvenient it is. And I just a part of me doesn't <laughs> get why people like die to live here. If you're not going after a dream or you're not loaded. I don't know why you live here. I really don't. Because, dude, like, you hear about the traffic, but it's not even that. It's like, I get turned on when I see a parking lot. And that's wrong. That's messed up. Because there's nowhere, like, I actually, if I'm passing a parking lot, I'll pull over and just, I'll park. Just to be able to say that I, I, I was able to park somewhere that day. There's, if you, if you want to go to a restaurant, dude, it's so hard to find parking. It's a real commodity. It's really inconvenient. Sometimes driving, sometimes uh, looking at a, your Google Maps, okay, you're wanting to go to a destination. One route is three miles. The, the other route is six. The six-mile path is, takes a shorter amount of time to get there. Tell me how that works. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's, it's insane. Yeah, um, I definitely yeah, yeah. know what you mean. Um one of the things that that I didn't like there was the public transportation system. I just found Absolutely. it really confusing and I found myself eventually having to Uber and Lyft everywhere. So that was definitely pretty inconvenient for me. So, um, you know, going back to what you said earlier about having a car, uh, you know, I would definitely encourage anyone who's thinking about going out there, do your best to definitely try to get a car before you get out there because it'll definitely make your life a little bit easier instead of having to rely on public transportation. Absolutely. <laughs> you have to have a car. You have to have a car if you want, if you're going to be a PA. It's mandatory because uh, they're going to send you on runs and, and um, you know, to get to get lunch, to get dinner, yada, yada. So you got to have a car to be able to get around. Good point. So if you could go back in time and tell yourself something that you didn't know before moving to LA, like something that you think would help you, what would you tell yourself? Like if you could go um, back to, to sure. Dalton, sure. who's still um, in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. So far in my journey, there's nothing really that... Like it's not like I, I've been I I uh, directed my first film and it's like oh um, when you're directing don't do this um, I think I'm in, I'm enjoying the journey as it's coming along I, I like the mystery of it and figuring it out it's like this huge puzzle piece and I just enjoy figuring it out and earning it I don't think I'd go back and tell myself anything you know what I do I'd go back and my my younger self would be wide-eyed and excited with a huge grin um thinking i was gonna my future self was gonna tell me a little secret and i'd just say figure it out and then i'd just go back to them and then they'd, they'd be really disappointed but that's the fun of it all is just figuring it out so i wouldn't i wouldn't say shit just figure it out just go apply yourself figure it out okay cool that's that's a new one people usually have some sort of like sage advice that they want to tell their younger self but that works you know as what well. i think yeah, I think Kobe, I think Kobe had this question too. And he said, um, like, I wouldn't change anything because, you know, the journey, you know, 
um, the journey going through the stages of, of his career, you know, led to what he is today. That's the same mentality I have. It's just like, you know, whatever happens, kind of in your own hands, and you just don't need any shortcuts. Just figure it out. Definitely. And what other advice that maybe, you know, we haven't touched on yet or talked about yet do you have for anyone who doesn't live in L.A. right now, but, um, you know, they want to be a producer, director, or what have you, and, you know, they're trying to, like, figure out how they should gear up and prepare over the course of the next few months or the next few years like what would you say to someone like that if you want to be a producer if you it depends on what what side you want to be on if you want to be in post uh, you know try to get the office try to get in the office try to get in the office pa um people probably look down on it but i'm telling you right now uh it's a great place to start again everybody has their own path if you can jump start yourself and you know, apply, like I said, apply yourself, figure out how to jump all this shit and just make stuff. Dude, by all means, this is within my own experience and journey. Uh, PA, I've been able to PA on a set and in the office. So I'm being able to see how much you can learn within each thing. On set, you can learn all the technicalities, all the things within each department. It's a great way to ask questions throughout the day and they know. Everybody in each department knows the PAs are going to ask questions because they're newbies for the most part, and they're going to. And and so you just got to ask questions <clears throat> within each department. And if you don't know what you want to do, that's also another way. It's just you, you, you PA, you start asking questions, um, and within each department, figure out. Oh wow, I didn't know that about lighting. This is sick. Or cinematography, directing, um, yada yada. And then in post, there's there's different coordinators. There's so many moving pieces within within each project that you might not even know about <clears throat> that you might uh, be keen to and, and end up uh, growing an interest for. So um, if you come out here and you, and you PA, um, it's a great way to learn about each department. And um, another, another thing I learned on set was a director can be uh, well-respected, not only through their vision or, you know, their leadership, but like, if they understand, they need to know each department because a director can say, hey, I need this done now <clears throat> or I, w- I want this shot. Well, it's going to take 30 minutes. What do you mean it's going to take 30 minutes? And now the lighting department is not on your side anymore because you are unaware of how long it takes to, you know, set up a shot, right. to set up lighting, to set up a set. And, and so if you're aware, you can not only respect um, each department and how long it takes, but you can also better uh, have better time management and, and preparation for things you need to do throughout the day. Because if you don't know about the department, um, you're just going to start demanding shit, and then you're going to realize you're going to run out of time and money quick on your project. Again, I'm figuring it out myself right now. So, in terms of advice on how to g- get there, I'm figuring that out right now. Okay, and yeah. as far as uh, projects that you are working on or, or have completed? Like, is there anything that you want people to check out? <laughs> <laughs> it's always weird asking people to watch my stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> all right. Actually. All right. <laughs> Come on, Dalton. All right. If you want, if you want, dude, you don't got to do it. I'm not, I don't, I hate the subscribe to my page. Don't, if you don't <laughs> care, don't worry about it. Uh, but if you do my website, that I worked on, it's pretty sick. Look at it on, on the on a, on a computer, not on mobile. It's better on, on 
It's made for the computer. Just Google Dalton Ibarra, everyone, and you'll you'll see what he's about. Reach out if to you him. Google, if you Google Dalton Ibarra, nobody's listening at this point. If you, <laughs> if you Google Dalton Ibarra, you'll find my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Within that, within the Instagram and the Twitter, in my bio is the website. It's pretty sick. I have photos and films in there. So uh, don't check it out if you don't give a shit. No worries. <laughs> Can I add one thing, though? Yeah, go ahead. To the moving the pieces. Another example that I'm not just talking out of my ass here. In post, um, you have you have the editor. You, uh, on working on a show, you have an editor's cut, you have a director's cut, you have a producer's cut, and then you have studio network cut, okay? During the director's cut, a director will come in and view their episode. While this director came in at one point, I started asking, like I said, started asking questions, started, um, you know, moving the pieces. I didn't hound the guy. You got to, you know, kind of finesse it a little bit, but I got to, he gave me his phone number. All right. I've been reaching out to him. This man has been, was an actor on ER and now he's direct, he directed a bunch of Grey's Anatomy's episodes. Uh, now our show. So I have his number now. I'm reaching out to him, and hopefully I, he can get me on set. Or, or, you know, he said, call me anytime. We'll talk anytime you want, blah, blah, blah. You think he's just going to come out and give me his number? You think he's going to just know that I'm, I want to be a director and, and he's going to talk to me? Even if he knew I wanted to be a director, you think he's still going to, like, just come up to me and be like, hey, bud, so I heard you want to be in the industry. Here's what you got to do. He's not going to do that. They're not going to do that. You have to push buttons. You have to ask. You have to show that you give a shit. And then... I mean, they're hu- people. We're humans. You know, who? Kn- it's not. You know, we're not robotic here. There's no strategic. There's no specific way about it. If you ask a, a human a question, they may or may not answer. Like, I don't really know how to explain that other than like move the pieces. Like, humans interact differently. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So, I, I'm so sorry for rambling all over you. No, mind. no, you're I totally fine. No, no, this is great information that's definitely going to be useful for someone out there listening. So um, thanks a lot. And by the way, do you know when Baby Splitters is coming out? Has it already been released? Baby Splitters (laughs) is... um... (laughs) was submitted for Sundance, so hopefully they get... they they, they hear back... um... In November, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure when the release is going to be. No, I'm not sure about that. Okay, all right. I'll I'll try to see if I can find some info about that. But thanks again for coming on the show, Dalton. Be sure to keep me updated updated with what you're doing and what projects you're working on. And if you ever want to come back and do another episode, just you know, hit me up. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I'll uh, keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank you. Once again, that was Dalton Ibarra, an aspiring director currently making his way through Hollywood. As he said before, you can find him on Instagram as well as Facebook. Once I go ahead and upload this podcast, I will also attach the links that you need to find him and his work. And I want to make a quick correction. Earlier in the episode, I called Baby Splitters a short film, but it's actually a feature film. I really hope you guys learned a lot from everything that Dalton said. And if you have a question for me or for him, feel free to leave a comment or a review and I'll get to it as soon as possible. Also, feel free to tweet me on Twitter at CourtneyJ underscore media. Thanks for listening.